Welcome to part two of the Ribs Roundtable. This is going to pick up where part one left off, but before we jump into the conversation, I just want to mention my good friends over at D-Dog's Barbecue Rub. If you're looking for a quality barbecue rub to use on your pork, brisket, or chicken, why not give them a look up at ddogsbbq.com. You can choose from their original rub, their maple rub, the new apple rub, and coming soon, a peach rub. Again, the website is ddogsbbq.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. And now, here's part two of the Ribs Roundtable, coming down in three, two, one. Does anyone re-rub their ribs during the cooking process? And uh, we'll start with Finney. Uh, I've been known to. It's not a an every every time thing, but uh, if if you get them to a point in the cook and, and they're not looking like they've got the bark form that you want them to, then then yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to to throwing the throwing my rule book out and doing whatever it takes to to you know get something shaping up on the outside of the meat. Craig, I uh, know. Jack. Lately, I've been I've been messing around with it. Yes, uh, coming out of the foil, I'll go ahead and use a mixture fifty fifty my rub and brown sugar, and then hit it with a layer of I can't believe it's not butter to make it kind of soak in right, and it seems to be helping along with the formulation of the layers of flavors that I want to put on top of there. You got to be careful with that because if you're coming out of that foil and you're not getting that uh, that that rub and the sugar melted enough, it's going to create a grainy texture that's not going to be very good to the palate. Kevin gets the last word. No, I don't. I don't add anything uh, any more rub to it after uh, after the you know the last time, but you know ten minutes before I throw, I throw them in the cooker. I gotta jump back in again, though. I've seen a lot of competition teams doing that. I can't believe it's not butter or the liquid margarine uh, at one point or another through the cook instead of spritzing, which everybody used to do with uh, apple juice or beer or whatever. I see a lot of blue margarine bottles coming out from under the counter and getting used nowadays. How about you guys? Oh, yeah, I've seen Jack do it. (laughs) 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 You you know, I I wouldn't tell you he did it, but he's here saying it, so I, you know, I can... I'll tell you a little, a little, just a little tidbit. A long time ago, a good, a good friend of mine told me that uh, when you're cooking, when you're cooking food for people to eat, uh, go back to the basics and find things that people like to eat, especially when you're trying to please a judge. And uh, butter is one of those down home things that people are very comfortable with. I'd say uh, if you're going to put things in your in your repertoire of cooking, butter, chicken stock, orange juice, and brown sugar, and bacon are probably the most common things that people love to eat. How can you tell when your ribs are done? We'll start with Kevin. Well, I I take uh, uh, usually my hand and I just lift the uh, lift the slab right in the center of the slab. I look for the bend and look for the crack at the uh, at the top of the slab. When that crack is there and I get that that nice loose bend that I'm looking for, that's when I pull them out. Meathead. I like to differentiate between done and ready. Um, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm picking nits now, but. Uh, Done is uh, when they're uh, cooked and they're uh, they're healthy to eat, and ready is when they're they're best tasting. Um, I, I like I like the bend method. I, if you pick them up with a tongue in the center and they start to crack, that makes a lot of sense. I use a probe, but you know if if you if you foil them thirty minutes to forty minutes in a, in a piece of foil, they're going to be done. I, I've never seen anybody open up a piece of foil and find rare meat inside. I don't like the idea of uh, watching for them to pull back from the bone. 
I think if they pull back from the bone, they're overcooked. And I've played with this a lot. I've tried to, tried to research, try to measure it. When they start pulling back from the bone, they're, that, that's protein shrinking. And I think they're drying out and twisting up the proteins. And I think they're overcooked when they pull back from the bone. Jack? I use the, I use the Ben method without a, a problem throughout the years. Lately, I've been using a toothpick, kind of sticking a toothpick in between the ribs and feeling for the resistance of, of uh, what's done and what's not done. Fail-safe for me has always been, you know, pick it up in the middle, like Kevin said, and if, it, if you get that crack right in the middle and they're bending over easy, they're pretty much ready to go and they're done. Uh, for those who use a thermopen, I've been messing around with that a little bit lately. Uh, I find that temperature to be somewhere along the lines between 205 and 209, where that meat resistance is just about right. Chris Finney. I I also use the uh, picking up bin method. I have the big heavy black gloves, and I just pick you know slide my hand up under the center of the rack and pick it up. And if it bends nice, I I look for the good bend, but I actually want to get it before it'll get the the crack at the top of the meat. I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I do. Does anybody sauce or glaze their ribs before you actually take them off the pit? And uh, we'll start with Craig. Typically, I uh, I wait till they're just about ready, and uh, and then I like to uh, sauce them. And uh, I often have a uh, gas grill on the standby next to whatever I'm smoking on, and I crank that sucker up as high as I can, put my glaze or my sauce or whatever I'm fooling around with, and uh, I like to get that stuff on there, meat side down, get it to bubbling and crisping and caramelizing and that, then I bring it off and serve it, and that's for that's for home cooking, not for competition. Finney. Uh, yeah, I I generally start you know sometime before they're finished, and uh, uh, Jack and I, when we've competed together, has started saucing them at, and I don't even remember how early. I mean, it's the towards the end of the cook, but. Uh, you know, we'll we'll put on several layers of, of sauce while it's still on the on the cooker, and then uh, another one right as it's coming off. So, yeah, I'm definitely sauce and glaze towards the end of the cook. Kevin, actually, I don't sauce until uh, just before I, I uh, slice or cut the slab up. I mean, I've I've done it that way in the past, uh, you know, but right now it's it, I, it's just the way I I prefer to do it. Jack, it's the last word. I'm, I'm layering flavors on, uh, I, and I don't necessarily use barbecue sauce. I, I layer different uh, uh, components on, so when the, the, the rib hits your tongue, you're getting a lot of different kind of uh, flavors and profiles coming through to you. I use everything from, uh, you know, pepper jelly, honey, uh, apricot peach jellies. Mm. Uh, I've used jalapeno jelly in the past. Um, you know, but it always finishes up, and, and those layers go on there. And you know, we'll start, like Finney said, somewhere along the lines, 45 minutes before we think they're going to be done. Uh, we'll check them, see where see where we're at in the in the in the cooking process. And when they're just about done, we'll let the pit drift back a little bit and and get a little bit of the heat out of there. Uh, and we're using the heat in the pit at that point in time just to set the glazes on. Uh, and we'll lay down a, a, a layer of honey usually uh, to get that nice sweet. Then we'll put a little bit of hot on there, usually something along the lines of a of a pepper jelly of some of some sort. Uh, then we'll go with a, a, maybe a fruit uh, a jelly on at that point in time, an apple jelly or something like that. And then uh, usually finish up with either a, uh, either go with a, 
a, a layer of, of a sweet barbecue sauce with a little bit of heat in it or and then finish it off with a layer of honey just to get the sheen on top or the other way around we'll put the honey on first and then you know hit it with a sheen of barbecue sauce right at the very end and then after we get done cutting them up of course we have a a, a a relatively cool mixture of a of a, a last minute sauce that we'll put on there and paint on there just to make sure we take all the you know fingerprints off and anything we've we've banged up while we're you know while we're cutting them to kind of even the, the the look out a little bit on the ribs. Are there any other cooking steps that you guys are taking that we haven't covered? And we'll start with Craig. Well, I you know I, since I don't compete, I like to serve half slabs. I don't like to cut them up in individual bones if I can avoid it because I think it they, they dry out so. If I can, I like to serve them as half slabs. I like to put sauce on the side. Some, and I love serving multiple sauces. Um, I love the mustard sauces, and uh, you know, I, I'm listening to Jack, this South Carolina boy, telling me about his pepper jellies and such. And I'm saying, where's the mustard, Jack? It's at Reverend Marvin's house. And we do the mustard that I'm boys in Columbia and up around Florence. Right. Uh, I've used mustard on ribs successfully. Actually, it's actually it, it can be very good. If anybody ever, if anybody's ever heard of Danny uh, Danny Galden out in uh, uh, Oh yes, uh, at Carlsbad, he makes a heck of a good uh, mustard glaze. It's almost like a hand glaze. Uh, it's very good on ribs. Finny, not really. Uh, uh, things are pretty simple for for rib cooks. I mean, you know, I, I do like to experiment with them, but it's usually following somebody's recipe of you know doing something like you know using bombay gin and stuff to to make a marinade but uh no for the most part i i try to keep ribs sort of simple kevin now I, I, for me i think we pretty much covered everything and I, I can't think of anything else that i'm doing i it's ribs are probably one of the more simpler things that i do jack ribs are fairly straightforward when you start messing around with uh, different cooking techniques and so on and so forth, you can really mess up a, a good quality, you know, $20 rack of ribs there. You want to kind of keep it as, as straightforward as you can. So now we're going to get into the post-cook. After the ribs are done, you've taken them off. Does anybody wrap ribs in foil to hold? And we'll start with uh, Craig. No, I, when, when I'm done cooking, I'm serving. I'm eating. Jack? It, it all depends if I'm serving commercially or I'm serving at home. Uh, certainly in, uh, uh, in contest, I've, uh, we've run ribs fast and had to, you know, they seem to go fast. So we'll go ahead and take them off and let them sit. Uh, so we don't get too far in advance what we need to do and then put them back on the pit again. Um, commercially I've held ribs for, you know, six, eight hours, uh, loosely wrapped in foil, stuck in a, in a warmer just for, for, you know, at 165 degrees and they don't seem to cook a, a whole lot more than what you've got going on. Uh, but personally, I'll just take them off and cut them up and you know, let them cool a little bit, cut them up and eat them. Kevin? Well, in, in competition, after, uh, if we go back, and after, after I'm opening up the foil, after, you know, after that hour, uh, basically, the, for me, they're still sitting in that foil. So when I pull them out, uh, I'm just closing that foil back up and, uh, you know, putting them in the camera. Chris Finney? At home, no, nothing goes into fall as far as ribs because I'm usually ready to be eating them when I when I put them on. Much less uh, waiting after they're done. I'm I'm starting to eat them right away. Competition, yeah, we'll wrap them and let them sit until it's time for the judges to get them. Craig, this question might preclude you a little bit, but uh, we'll ask anyway. If you're competing, how do you choose the ribs that you're going to be turning in? 
And we'll start with Kevin. For me, it's, I mean, I, I taste a rib from each slab that, that I cook. And that number one, that's going to be number one criteria is, uh, is the taste of the slab. And it's amazing the difference in, uh, uh, there can be from one slab to another. The next is obviously the tenderness, taste and tenderness of each slab. And then when I find, you know, I, I, as I cut them and I move them down and I, I've got a, a pan full of ribs, then we go uh, by size and what looks great in the box. Jack? I think one of the things that I've been failing to do throughout the competition uh, game is to actually do what Kevin said, and that's taste each each rib or each, you know, rack of ribs to find out which one is the best. In the, in the past, we've taken the ribs and cut them down and, and taken what we consider to be the, the best of the ribs and put them in a box, but I found that I'm losing a little bit of uh, uh, uniformity across the board. So the last uh, couple times we've done it, we've actually looked at the ribs and taken best four that we can find in a row and taking those out as a as a unit rather than keeping them you know rather than taking individual bones and i'm finding that the appearance of the box is is, is getting a, a lot better uh, because the ribs are are uniform across the board and they're they're fit together a little bit better rather than trying to piece together ribs that are cut a little bit crooked or, or don't seem to be filling up the box quite right so we're I'm looking at I'm not looking at ribs anymore as, as a single bone. I'm looking at them in a in a four bone piece. Uh, and then we're gonna go ahead and separate those bones and put them in a the box. Meathead. Well, I'm a judge. Uh, I judge often, so let me take it from the other end of the scale. Uh, if the uh, box is shown to me first, I, I, I really struggle. Do I take the skinniest rib and see if they've overcooked it, or do I take the fattest rib and see if they've undercooked it? And, since I really like pork flavor, I usually take the fattest rib. Now, if I'm the last judge offered the tray, I'll just take whatever's left. But uh, if I have a choice, I'll go for the fattest rib. And uh, it, for me, I look for balance and flavor. And I want a rib that has pork flavor still left in there. And so I'll go for the fattest rib and see if it's still there. Chris Finney. Well, you can pretty much uh, take what Jack said, because usually when I'm cooking ribs in competition, I'm with him. But uh, definitely look for, you know, a set of bones that that look good together. You want them to all to be about the same size and have the same amount of meat on them, and and just look balanced in the box when you when you turn it in. I have a question for Kevin. When, when you're choosing your bones, Kevin, or when you're cutting your bones, are you cutting competition bones with meat on either side of the bone, or are you cutting two bones together? I, I'm cutting single ribs. I'm not. I'm not cutting the, you know, the, uh, you know, either bone to bone or or the Cadillac cuts. I think that's a clever rib. idea, but I never see it in the boxes. I, I keep wishing somebody would do it, but I never see it in the box. But we do it. Come up and judge us. <laughs> <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. I don't know if everybody understood what he was saying, but that the idea is is, is if you're going to select a bone, you cut as much meat on either side of that bone as you can, which means shaving it along the bones adjacent to it so they have no meat on it, and it has double meat. Am I describing that? Right. Yeah. You're, you're basically throwing away every other bone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are called Cadillac cuts. Um, I mean, it's a it's, great idea. I don't see much of it in the boxes when I'm judging, though. It's it's tough. To I mean I I mean we we we've done it before in the past, and it was it was always tough to get a good looking presentation that way. Yeah, um, that's the that's the trouble I've been having. 
You know, I mean, and, and you know, I, I cook both uh, FBA and KCBS. And FBA, we have to put eight. Now, of course, now we're, we're stuffing the box full. We're actually getting, you know, a lot more than, than that as far as ribs in the box now. But it was, it was just tough to get a good-looking presentation. And, uh, and then, of course, if you had one slab of ribs uh, out of the maybe the six that you cooked that uh, was worth presenting and, and you start killing every other bone, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I we we used to, we did it a while back, but, uh, but we, I mean, I've gotten away from that. I've gotten to the point where I'm just cutting, you know, right down the middle, getting just just your standard uh, standard bones. Anybody taking any other post cook steps that we might not have covered? We'll start with Finney. Man, I can't think of any. Uh, drinking beer once they come off the cooking. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> Kevin? No, not really. I mean, I I can't think of anything else. <laughs> been covered here <laughs> jack no i think we pretty much uh put ribs into into a category there I, we're not doing much anything else I, I usually crack a beer with finney and we toast it up and say what a great job we did meathead yeah at home i like to chop up the white part of scallions and sprinkle them on top i think that little bit of onion flavor on top of the especially if you're using a tomato-based barbecue sauce I think that's a really nice touch, and I like to do that uh, at Tableside. Next question is kind of a uh, pontification. <laughs> do any of you think the majority of the consuming public know what a good rib is supposed to taste and feel like? And we'll start with Finney. Uh, I would say absolutely not. Uh, most people think they should fall off the bone. Uh, that's way overdone. A lot of people think, you know, sauce ought to be dripping off of them and you ought to, ought to look like you've just eaten a pie without a, without a fork when they get through, you know, with the sauce all over their, their hands and mouth. And then that's, you're just obscuring the flavor of the rib. So, no, I don't think the public knows what a rib should taste like or feel like kevin well i mean it's i think i think again i think it depends on where you're at actually where that public's at but um i mean in, in texas they're gonna have a different opinion than, than in kansas city and definitely a different opinion in uh, the carolinas but obviously you know as as finney said it's most of most are wanting that rib overcooked and with a lot of sauce and that's that's unfortunately the case it, but i mean who's wrong in that case if the majority like it that way, I guess. Um, I mean, technically, I, I know when I go into a contest, if if I if I know there's a lot of judges that just crashed off the street or um, a lot of new judges schooled or whatever, I'm I'm going to give them a softer rib and 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 hope for the best. And if, I mean, last week in the contest uh, I was in in McClenny, uh, it paid off. I gave a softer rib. It was. Mostly brand new judges that just got uh, got trained the night before, and uh, and, that, and I pulled out a first place rip. So, but I've had that backfire on me as as well. Jack, I, I'll agree with with Kevin on that uh, to an extent, and I'll agree with Finney to an extent. Um, I think people like what they like. Uh, do they know what do they know what uh, a competition rib is? Probably not. Or they know what it's supposed to feel, look and feel like? Probably not. But you know, if you like your ribs falling off the bone and that's what you want to stick in your face and chew it up, then you know I'm all for it. 
Um, you know, you got. I don't. I haven't ordered ribs out in a restaurant in probably ten years. I, I can't find anything in a restaurant that suits my taste anymore since I started actually, you know, cooking ribs for a for a hobby and and looking at it the way that it's supposed to be. I personally think that the ribs that I like the best don't do well in a contest because they're a little. They fought, They tend to be a little bit. Um, uh, firmer than the judges even than judges even like. I find that sometimes you know the KCBS will tell you that those things are supposed to you know pull off the bone. You're supposed to give a little bit of tug, but I've been going to the softer side of ribs lately myself and find that I'm doing a little bit better as far as the scoring goes to to put a little softer rib out there that doesn't just pull off the bone. They should come off the bone clean one way or another. You shouldn't have anything sticking to the bone. Meathead gets the last word. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm glad you gave it to me because I'll come at it from an anthrop- anthropological standpoint. Uh, I think what we've really focused on is competition-style ribs, which is really a variant on um, classic American Southern-style cooking, which is a, a derivative of uh, slave cooking. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's how to make a, uh, a cheap cut of meat uh, edible uh, when uh, Master took the high-off-the-hog tender cuts of meat. A lot of folks in this country have a European derivation, and uh, particularly where I am in the Midwest in Chicago and Czechoslovakian and Polish, and uh, to them, meat is uh, ribs are cooked in a pressure cooker or a big old pot, and they're boiled and they're soft, and uh, they they love our American sweet barbecue sauces. So, to them, that's what they really like: is soft, mushy, uh, fall off the bone uh, sweet barbecue sauce, and. Uh, that's uh, not my style of rib, and I don't doesn't sound like it's anybody here's style of rib, but uh, it's real popular here in the Midwest, and uh, I suppose it's popular with a lot of style of judges. Uh, but uh, uh, personally, uh, I think uh, pork ribs achieve their uh, ultimate in flavor when they uh, are cooked uh, the way uh, competition judges look for it, and the way you guys are cooking them. Uh, uh, tender but not soft and mushy, sauced but not sweet and goopy, uh, and, and I think that more and more folks are learning it. That's the good side, is that as barbecue is catching on, here in Chicago, several barbecue joints have opened up, and you know they're all using Southern Prides and uh, the, the new generation of uh, user-friendly uh, set them and forget them type cookers, and they're making pretty decent barbecue, and uh, I think folks are learning. I hear folks talk about what's a good barbecue joint, and it sounds like they're figuring it out sooner or later. So you guys are getting the word out there, and uh, God bless you. It's quickly becoming the most anticipated part of the evening. That's our parting shots segment. <laughs> we'll start with Kevin. Well, I, I guess I'm not familiar with the uh, the parting shots. Oh, this is where you uh, tell me how great I am for having you on, and... <laughs> how I'm spreading the word of barbecue to the masses, and then you take a cheap this shot at everybody else. This is the up to Greg portion. Uh, yeah, geez. Uh, just uh, any uh, any summation thoughts that you'd like to uh, express? Uh, for those of us that are competing, it sounds like we're doing pretty close to the same thing. I mean, I mean, the one thing I, I've always done, actually, in a lot of stuff that I cook and uh, you know, competing, I I stay very uh, very basic, very uh, middle of the road with my flavors and. And ribs is, is no different. I've done okay with it. I mean, as far as uh, I, I have to go, I mean, and, and I guess Craig said it in the beginning, I'm one that um, that likes likes the taste of the meat, and that's uh, the subtlety of, uh, of everything else involved. I guess I guess that's it. I guess, I guess that's basically I, pr- I appreciate you having me out again. 
You're great and wonderful, Greg. <laughs> I'll edit all that other stuff out, but I'll leave that in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jack? Uh, I, I, I got to say that I, you know, I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been a great experience for me. I've been a follower of uh, Barbecue for You and Barbecue Central for, for quite some time, and, and it's, it's exciting for me to, to be able to sit in a chair and talk about something that I love to do. I think that uh, overall, I think if you like ribs and you like them a certain way that you should go ahead and you know buy yourself a, a cooker cookers certainly aren't expensive you can get a you can get a, a brinkman cooker for you know less than 100 bucks and you know the weber smoky mountain is certainly a great tool and probably one of the better um cooking vessels that i have in my collection at this point in time i really love the machine uh, it sits in the porch i don't have to buy you know i don't have to, to fuel it up and, and buy a bunch of different things uh, to make it work it works great so you know, go buy a slab of ribs, pay your ten bucks or you know fifteen bucks. Make sure you're buying quality stuff out there. Don't don't go out and you know buy uh you know the 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 Walmart uh, you know three and a half four down ribs that are frozen in the in the case. Buy yourself a, a good quality piece of meat and season it up the way you like it and sauce it up the way you like it and you know cook it till it's done. And when it's done, it's done. And and that's pretty much the way it works. Meathead. Oh, great and powerful Rampy. Uh, <laughs> no, this has been a lot of fun, and I, I, I've got every one of your podcasts, which I've downloaded from uh, iTunes, and I've listened to them a couple of them on multiple occasions. It's, it's an honor to be here since I'm not a competitor. If I'm going to have a part and suggestion, it's that uh, uh, what we really have focused on here are the classic, wonderful culinary style of Southern American barbecued ribs, which are, in my mind, the ultimate but there are so many other fun types of ways of cooking pork ribs uh, and I'm a big fan of Chinese style and uh, the Mexicans have a good technique and the uh, Tuscans have a good technique and there's a, a lot of fun ways you can play with ribs and and it's nice to have a, a smoker at Weber Smoky Mountain is a great way to start but you can do darn good ribs on a <clears throat> gas grill uh, you can do darn good ribs, ribs on a on a Weber kettle. Uh, um, I think that the real key is just keep the temperature down and uh, have fun with it. Experiment, play with it. Go to the message board and read what other folks are doing, and uh, and just uh, remember, as I like to say, uh, there shouldn't be any rules in the uh, in the kitchen or the bedroom. Chris Finney gets the final word. Well, Rippy, I'm just glad you came to your senses and invited me back for another podcast. And I'm <laughs> glad I could be here to, to teach these guys a few things. And, and you know, I've learned. I've hopefully, learned. hopefully, Kevin will do better in his uh, on the comp circuit next year. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm having a tough year this year. So, Fenny, you, you've given me the advice I needed. I, I think the, 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 the contest, as far as the contest goes, the the quality of the competition has just gotten so much better over the last four or five years. There's so many more people jumping into it, and they're really making it more and more difficult, which is what it's really all about. It's all about the fun of getting out there, and, and, and you know, uh, we take it seriously. I do anyway, and I know Chris does, and we get together. We, we put our heads together, and we try to put out the best product that we can possibly put out. But, uh, you know, we had a, we, we're having a... We're not having a great year this year. We're we're not having a bad year, but the con- the quality of the competition out there is just getting better and better and better. And and shows like this are just making it that much that much more you know 
interesting and, and, and better for it to all go, you know, and do what you're going to do. So like I said, buy yourself a good book and get on it. Gentlemen, thanks for sitting in tonight, sharing your knowledge on ribs. Certainly add to the successful total of barbecue roundtable shows. And I appreciate the time you spent with me here tonight. Continued success to all of you guys in the future. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Quick thank you again to all the panel members. Another successful barbecue roundtable is now in the books. A lot of great information shared. So thanks for sitting in, guys, sharing your thoughts about ribs. Promotion time. First, let's start with Kevin Bevington, who's the pitmaster of HomeBBQ.com. He's also the president of the Florida Barbecue Association. If you'd like to find out more about the FBA, look at them on the website at www.flbbq.org. That's flbbq.org. And if you'd like to find out more about Kevin's competition team, homebbq.com, you can obviously go to homebbq.com. Find out more about Kevin's competition schedule. Get your hands on his rubs and spices. Chris Finney is looking to promote the best barbecue website on the internet, www.thebbqcentral.com. Chris is also an authorized dealer for Maverick Remote Thermometers. You can find them at www.wolferub.com. Click on the Maverick link for a complete line of Maverick Remote Thermometers. The resident barbecue rib aficionado, Craig Goldwyn, would like to promote his website, www.amazingribs.com. That's amazingribs.com. Jack Waybor would like to promote the fact that he's a co-instructor for the Carolina Pitmasters, which is a competition barbecue cooking school that teaches prepping, cooking, and presenting of whole hog, Boston butt, and ribs for competition. Next class is scheduled for June 22nd, 23rd, 2007 at the Rodeo Arena in Columbia, South Carolina. For more information, go to South Carolina Barbecue. Click on the events calendar icon. The website is www.scbarbecue.com. Click on the events calendar icon for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast and you think you have what it takes to sit in on a future roundtable episode, please visit our website at www.thebbqcentral.com. Click on the email button and submit your request. You can also feel free to join the Barbecue Central Forum at that point. Join the fun camaraderie of the best barbecue forum on the internet. Stay tuned for the D-Dogs Rub Spot on the Backside Jones. For the Barbecue Roundtable, this is your program host, Greg Rempe, saying so long, everybody. D-Dogs award-winning barbecue rubs put the perfect balance of spicy and sweet on your ribs, chicken, all beef and pork, and more. Whether it's slow-cooked barbecue or grilled steaks and burgers or soups, vegetables, or anything else from your kitchen, D-Dogs award-winning rubs make good food great. Four flavors, original, maple, apple, and peach, each made from the freshest all-natural ingredients. Order yours today at www.ddogsbarbecue.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. D-Dog's Barbecue Rubs. It's better than ketchup. (laughs) 